Welcome to the Dave Squared Podcast. Uh, I'm David Kramer coming to you from Northern California, and here's my partner coming from a submarine somewhere at sea. <laughs> Dave Blasco here from Arizona. Uh, sorry, Dave, there was some booming going on as you were getting ready to talk. Sorry to step on you there. So we have been uh, best friends since the early 1980s when we were college roommates. And we finally found a medium to share our wisdom with the world, or at least our opinions with you, our listeners. Between us, we have two engineering degrees, two master's degrees, an economics degree, 60 years of work experience, and we provide IT support for two households. And boy, do we. And we're making this podcast together to try to help each other, and hopefully you, the listener, save some money. So, Mr. Kramer, today's topic is home networking. Wi-Fi. How do we live without it? Gotta have it. Uh, yes. So, uh, Dave, have you recently upgraded your Wi-Fi? Interestingly, yes, I have. And I don't think we've even talked about it. But as we talked in a previous podcast, we cut the cord here at the Blasco household. And what I decided to do, I had a pretty decent router, AC-style router. But because of the increased demands, I decided to get a new router. So I, I did... Um, buy a new router back in April, which I'm happy with, and uh, did upgrade to speeds a little bit faster, a little bit better um, transmission, a little bit better uh, transmission at, at distance, and I think it's made an improvement. Huh, so um, you already had one gig speed. Was your was your router, what was the, the limiting factor to the getting it to... To the machine, as it were. Yeah, for for me, I've we have um, the Gigablast uh, by Cox in the na- in the neighborhood. So theoretically, I'm using air quotes. Theoretically, if you're wired in at the router, you should get you should get one gigabit per second down. I think the most I ever got was something around 850 when hmm. I was plugged in and wired. And I think that m- as more people in the neighborhood have gotten it, it's it's dropped off, so it's kind of a theoretical thing. But for practical purposes, it's fast. It's fast enough. For us, what I was thinking about, the, I had a um, what's called a. There's different standards an AC router, and for practically it was pretty fast. But in the um, where the family watched TV, the signal could be a little stronger. And I just I got a I, I dropped a little bit more cash, not a huge amount, 140 bucks. You can spend way over 200 dollars on a router. Um, I got an Asus uh, RTAC88U router, which is a pretty well-regarded router. Not maybe not the best, but it um what it did for me is the transmission at distance was a bit better. So if if you think um, in the family room you're maybe 30 feet away from where the router is, the the transmission speed went up by about a factor of two. Factor of two, that's pretty impressive, actually. Yeah, I, I did some before and after studies um, on on uh, my wife's Kindle. There's some app that measures like throughput or um, uh, the signal strength. So I just tested it at different points, basically where the TVs were connected, because now all the TVs don't run on cable. They don't run on direct TV satellite. They run on uh, streaming service. Right. So I roughly... Roughly getting a, I, I guess, uh, uh, let me take it back for our listeners. I measured the signal strength at those points, and the signal strength was roughly twice as great when you measure with a signal strength meter app on the Kindle. Huh. So that's what we did. And I've been pretty happy with it. I mean, for practical purposes, it's 
it's fast enough. So you just have the one wireless router and that covers all your needs? Yeah. So like I have a, it covers, for me, it's good. We have a, a single story house. The router is roughly in the middle of the house. It's about 2,300 square foot house. So it's not a super huge house and it works pretty well. I will tell you though, over the years I've had um, Powerline and if you're not, if the listeners aren't familiar with Powerline, it's a, it's a, it's a device that you would hook up to your router and it sends your signal through the um, electrical wiring in your house. So you have a sending and receiving. And for many years I used that at the um, TV points. This is before I had streaming. And what I felt that did is sometimes the wireless would get kind of wonky and it would, lose sig- it would lose signal or not connect. And I would run that wired system um, and then and sometimes I'd have a switch at the connection point, so it would maybe connect to the number of wired devices there. That's a, another alternative for listeners out there. Hmm. And they're getting pretty decently fast. I find that it's somewhat, it's a function of your house's wiring, and you you have to be careful you don't run them through like a surge protector. Um, I don't use them anymore because I find that my this new wireless router works pretty well for me but back in the day I've had a series of power lines as they've improved and gone through different standards probably for the last 15 years and just really just stopped using them back in April when I bought this new wireless router hmm well, we upgraded here pretty significantly uh, at Christmas time I might have told this story when we were doing our cord cutting discussion but uh, my son was uh, gaming computer was being limited by our old-time Wi-Fi router. Actually, I think it was by the Wi-Fi card in his computer, which was disappointing because it was a pretty new computer. But uh, so I, as a gift, I got the the Google Wi-Fi mesh, three of those hockey puck-looking things. They're a little bigger than that. And uh, then to make that work, I had to buy a new router. And that took a couple of tries because the first one, uh, because it didn't have the telephone thing, wasn't compatible with my service, even though I don't care about the telephone. But so I've got one of the one of the Google Wi-Fi mesh things uh, sitting right next to his computer, and he's got it connected uh, with an Ethernet cable to that computer. And you get something like 250 megs, 300 megs, so it's pretty quick. That's pretty, I mean, that's really good because even in my house, well, my, my computer that I'm talking to you right now is pretty old. It's like 2012. It's an old tank and I'll get mm, on good days, maybe 145, which is practically fast enough. Yeah. You know, but uh, I almost, I did almost try those mesh routers. I looked, I looked seriously at them and I was just worried that they would be complicated and I chickened out and just said, I'm going to go with uh, with just the, the single um, router that had some of the better, uh, you know, speed at distance. Uh, you know, you'd look on some of these online magazines, they'll test the throughput at distance, and that's what I focused on. Yeah, I've got a two-story house, and the the router coming in, I have under the stairs, so it can um, hook into the, the TV, basically, because it's a, I still, I, I have not got the cord. Uh, so you get a lot of interference. So I was trying to use, previously had tried a, a couple of different uh, repeaters, but they required you to have a separate um, uh, a separate Wi-Fi system. Mm-hmm. And so it would hunt back and forth, and that one would 
drop out and so you, it would hook up to it and not have any internet connection and it was annoying yeah so, so the mesh one is better because it's all the same system even though you have three different routers and they, they would be pretty, routers yeah they seem pretty simple because over the years i have um I'll, i've usually upgraded my router every couple of years i won't buy the latest technology because it's just so expensive but um i've had repeaters before in the house but the the state of the art is pretty good for my size house like when you have a multi-story house it's hard to get coverage um so that mesh router i think be, would be the way to go and sometimes you don't have a basement but sometimes you have a basement it's hard to get coverage down there um i do know some people use the power line like i talked about which has been pretty helpful hmm. yeah you used to use uh the apple system right the airport you know, I still. You know, it's a good point. I still have that. I still like that. And the reason I like that is um, Airport Express, best thing that Apple ever made or, or sold. I think they've stopped selling them. Essentially, I have four of them, so you can use your Apple iTunes as a music server, and I can listen to the same thing on the patio, in the family room, in the living room, and in the in the garage. And I still have those working. I still love them. Um, and then. I don't use iTunes as much anymore because we've gone to Spotify, but on Spotify, you can play your music through one of those devices. Yeah, I had a, tried several kind of jury rig things that were Bluetooth, and then they uh, and then they had like regular RCA connectors, and I fed them into my uh, stereo system, which, you know, I've got speakers in the wall and stuff like that, so I could get uh, iTunes music it, easily into my home system and control it from my phone uh i had a couple of different ones like that but um now i use the the amazon echo devices and stream amazon music and that's close enough yeah the thing can you do multi-rooms with the same thing on it do you know uh i haven't been able to get that to work um, but I don't have real high-quality speakers hooked up to that, so I do have it hooked up so it goes into my multi-room regular old-fashioned system, you know, which is like an, an entire nine years old or something. Right, so I have hardwired, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I don't have that. I don't have that. So I, I do like the Airport Express. You can. I picked one up from my mom's house for 29 bucks on eBay. It's pretty cool. Uh, so if listeners were interested in that, that's uh, something. And the thing I like about it is the the ability to play multiple locations at once. So imagine if you're, I'm doing work around the house and I'm walking between the patio because I'm fiddling with something on the back porch and then walk into the garage, get a tool. I just, it's just kind of cool to be able to listen to the same thing through the whole place. There's supposed to be a way with the Echo devices, the Amazon devices, to have it play the same music on multiple devices. And even the cheapest ones have outputs to go into a, a decent speaker. You know, it's like a, a headphone out. Um, but uh, for whatever reason, it didn't work on the Fire Cube TV mm. thing, which was sort of my main one. So I was just, that's the one that, anyway. So I haven't done it yet, but it seems like it would get close to what you wanted. Uh, I did look into that Google device which I can't remember the name. It wasn't Chromecast. I think, but it's they Chrome, making it. I think it's Chromecast Audio. I almost bit the bullet and bought those because they look like you had the ability to stream multiple locations. And I wanted to get away. I, 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 I shouldn't say I sh- didn't want to go away from iTunes. I There's some things I like about iTunes. It's just kind of bloated. Um, but I wanted to be able to use potentially Amazon Music Service or Spotify. And uh, just they don't play nice. 
but uh, you can probably pick up Chromecast Audio probably on eBay. Yeah, they uh, seem to be in demand. They're going for significantly more when I looked than the original. People are asking two, three hundred bucks for them. Yeah, I think they're twenty five bucks or thirty bucks. I think a couple times, like a Black Friday last year, I think I saw them for fifteen and almost pulled the trigger. But you know, I'm a cheapskate, so I didn't. <laughs> I didn't do it. Should have done it. But then right after the Google canceled them, I saw them go up crazy. I didn't see them two hundred dollars. I saw them like sixty, seventy bucks. Hmm. Huh. And I like I like my Airport Express, but the thing that frustrates me is I like to be able to listen things in multiple places at the same time, and I don't think that manufacturers have really figured that out yet. So I can play Spotify on the patio, but it won't. I can't play it simultaneously in the family room or the garage. So definitely, those Airport Express devices have a leg up on some of the new, newer technology with respect to being able to play same thing in multiple places. Hmm. Now, the I'll, I will say this: so I have a. Um, I have an Amazon Fire Phone that I picked up once they discontinue them. As you, could, you do. Yeah, yeah. I actually have two of them. So you could, you could, you could buy them for 125 bucks, and then Amazon would give you a free year of service for Prime, which I figured I was going to get anyway. So you pick the phone up for 25 bucks. I use it as my music player. Um, but the, the, the new high-tech way of doing this, if you're somebody who buy Bluetooth headphones and put the phone in your pocket and walk around that way. Mm. The only problem with that is if you're working out in the yard, then people you might someone might be calling you and you, you can't hear them if the music's up a little bit louder well if they're calling you on your cell phone you can <laughs> yeah of course I, I, I it's not my primary cell phone i just have this thing as a music player it's a it's a it's a smartphone but i don't use it i just use it as a music player oh i see yeah um i don't know maybe you could rig it up to a flashing light like uh, uh deaf people use yeah, I dangle it around my neck or something like that, or a shock collar. <laughs> Turn on a big fan so you feel the breeze. Yeah, yeah. I did run into something in the last week or two, I forgot when, that made me think again about Spotify versus Amazon Music. Um, it, uh, they now integrate with um, uh, an app called the Amazing Slow Downer, which is a very precise name but i don't know if you ever used it dave uh but it's pretty much for musicians guitar players uh garage band hacks like me really so you can take music and slow it down that's the basic thing but also loop it and also um shift the pitch um so it it might be interesting to your uh, your karaoke types as well Interesting. Is that mainly to learn, say, a lick on the guitar so you can slow it down, practice it, and get it go go faster until you get it in real time, something like that? Yep. Yep. And there's actually some pretty good programs out there now um, that I should send you. There's one called Riff Station that they kept lowering the price until they gave it away for free, where if you run an MP3 through it on your uh, PC, it will tell you the guitar chords. It's amazingly accurate, particularly for a free software. Wow, that is pretty interesting. That is pretty amazing, because there's a lot of tab. There's a lot of sites for guitar tabs, and uh, there's some, sometimes it's funny. There's a little bit of um, uh, debate amongst different sites as what the tab actually is. You, you know, usually it's something pretty close, but uh, it'd be interesting. It's, it's like uh, what's that Shazam app that'll tell you what the song is? So this will tell you actually what the chords are. Yeah, yeah, it works pretty well. But slowing down does help as you're trying to learn it. Also, you know, there's some really good songs that are in, say, E-flat, right? Mm -hmm. They're tuned down a half step. C.B. Mm -hmm. Ray Vaughan does that a lot. 
bunch of people do it, I think, because it's easier to sing. Um, but that means you have to retune your guitar to switch songs. And who has time for that, Dave? I'm much too busy. Yeah. Well, you just have multiple guitars there on stage. You just pull the you pull the one with the right tuning on it, right? Exactly. Get your <laughs> guitar tech to throw it to you, and then you catch it and looks super cool. Gives you a reason to buy another guitar, so you have one in the different tuning, right? <laughs> exactly. But I don't have anybody else to carry them. <laughs> oh my goodness sakes do you uh worry at all about security on your home network dave are you worried about people um stealing your wi-fi i don't really worry about that i mean we have a password protected wi-fi and i'll go look sometimes it's amazing how many devices there are i was looking today because i was trying to hook up my wireless printer printer lost its way it wasn't connected and I think this afternoon there were 15 devices on the Blasco network, which is that's a lot of devices out there. But I will go and look periodically and just make sure that I recognize the devices because sometimes they'll have wonky names, um, and I find myself asking like, "What the heck is that?" and not you know not knowing what it is and unplugging everything and figuring, "Oh, that's the um, uh, voice over internet protocol phone, the Uma box, right?" Yeah, there are a lot. I that is uh, a reason not to change your system because trying to find all 15 devices to put in the new password is is annoying unless you can buy a system which lets you use uh, reuse the old password i you know i i reused my password and my ssids from the old one but i still had to log them all back in for some reason it, it must it must recognize the hardware i'm not quite sure the technical things but i use the same exact password from the old router to the new one hmm interesting um but what I've done, too, is sometimes you can rename your devices to give them uh, uh, familiar names So, because I worry about the security. So I'll try to rename the devices to a familiar name. So, for example, on the Airport Express devices that I talked about, yes. the, the one in the patio is called Patio. So when I see that, it's like, oh, okay, probably the hacker is not going to rename his device Patio. And then the one in the living room is living room. So you, I just try to rename my devices to a, a, a familiar name. And every once in a while, I'll reset the router because it seems to be running slow. And you can look and see the names. Like, oh, yeah, I s- that's the um- Uma box. That's the patio, airport express, et cetera. Everything looks to be normal and doesn't appear to be someone's hanging on my network out there. Yeah, I was trying to rename some of my devices so you could recognize them because there is an app you could run with um, the Comcast service uh, that lets you put uh, time limits or hours of operation on different devices. So for those of you with children, um, you can shut off their gaming computer after 8 p.m. or something like that. Yeah, I've seen that. I, I um, It's interesting. I think the new software has a lot of customization on it. The only thing that um, my son has done a little bit is customize it for gaming. You can give priority to certain streams for give the the computer on gaming stream a priority of the connection hmm. but i think there's other i think i've seen those two where you can cut things off you could probably cut the whole system off at a certain time i have i haven't done that but certainly if you're worried about security i guess you could do that or have you had any issues with security with your system no um i haven't uh but i haven't as much as i know could be Russian hackers or mining Bitcoin on my uh, PC here, and that's why it's so slow. Yeah, that's 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 true. I you know I've never had an issue, and 
with wireless is, is so ubiquitous, I know that where I'm sitting here back at my desk can probably see signals from maybe 10 or 12 routers. You know, it's the neighbors, probably two or three neighbors on either side and picking up. Yeah, it's got to be good for your brain. <laughs> you, wonder, you wonder about that. <laughs> Waiting for the studies to come out, probably be too late for us, but maybe help the next generation. That's still worth it for the convenience. Yeah. Huh. So I, I'm in, I'm intrigued actually because I almost you know going back to the mesh routers that seems to be the wave to go and certainly I think I, I almost pulled the trigger on that but I you know I figured I'll just try this one it was a little bit cheaper um, but certainly if you have a if a little bit bigger house than mine or multi level it's probably the way to go um, and they seem a lot easier to set up than back in the day uh, ten years ago I had a repeater just like you had and I had that w- thing would cut in and out it was kind of wonky and. It was probably uh, uh, more hassle than it was worth. Yeah, these all seem pretty stable now, where if the power blinks or something, they turn themselves back on without me having to come push buttons and look up passwords and stuff. Yeah, that, that wa- net- wireless networking has come a long way in the last, I think we've had a wireless router for, I don't know, 15 years or something like that. It's come a long, long way. It is very convenient. Yeah, it's nice to be able to sit, watch the baseball game, maybe plug in. I'll look at the bills probably once a day just to make sure there's no um, fraudulent credit card charges, which uh, seems like maybe once every two or three years we get something like that. Um, so that's probably what I worry about more than my router being hacked is uh, I think the last time I had a fraudulent charge was about a year ago where somebody charged something at the Holiday Inn for a night in some city that I was never never been in before. Um so that's probably the thing that I worry about the most. Um, yeah, so it seems like this is much easier. If you're getting good service with the one router, it certainly doesn't seem like it's worth upgrading, particularly since your son doesn't game at your house as much as he used to, right? That would probably be the first person to complain. Yeah, if he's happy, then the router must be working pretty well. I've seen a drop-off in service in the performance, but I'm not really quite clear. It's it's reasonably fast enough. I did some tests before we got on today. I'm sitting about 15 feet away from the main router. Um, I'm in the bedroom, but I'm, there's a wall in place, and that wall usually drops the signal, I think, by half or something like that. Um, and I was getting, let's see, I just look at my notes here. I was getting like, I was only getting 65 megabits per second down, but 80 up. And my computer's circa 2012. It's a, it's, it's not the, it's not the fanciest wireless card inside of it. Right. But still, you know, 60 megabits per second is plenty fast for even 4K video. Mm-hmm. So, uh, but I think what, what I've noticed though, it, there's been slower speeds in the neighborhood because I think as more people have gotten the gigabit internet, I've, I've seen the overall speeds kind of go down over the years. When we first got it, I think I was one of the first houses in the neighborhood to get it. It was crazy fast. I mean, now it's just fast, um, but not as crazy fast as it was, say, three or four years ago when it first came. Yeah, but, you know, I have a much slower service than yours. I think it maxed out at 350 is the best I've ever seen. Yeah. Um, but, and it probably gets in the, the under 200 pretty frequently but you never get movie stuttering anymore or uh that kind of thing 
I, I've not had that issue. I will say what's interesting. So yeah, from a pra- from a practical perspective, you know, 200 is fast, but if you only need 40, you only need 40, right? What I've noticed, uh, just as we talked about streaming and cutting the cord, I've noticed that with my Hulu service, if it's a v- it's a big broadcast, there's trouble. But I think the trouble is on the server side from Hulu, if you will. So we were watching the Super Bowl, and it we they had trouble. We switched over to the broadcast TV, which is a better signal, anyways. Right. Um, and we were watching the debates. So you and I talked about the debates in a previous podcast. We had trouble during the the, the debates, where I think the Hulu servers were just overloaded and couldn't keep up so there's issues when you're streaming not only on your service side but the quality of the service being provided by your streaming company yeah and the demands going up i'm sure uh we're still uh struggling along in the dark ages of uh, hd tv but you're 4k so you're demanding four times as much data as we are right yeah, it, it takes a lot of data, that's for sure. And there's not that many programs, but I can imagine when everything cuts over to 4K TV at some point in the future, that's a lot more data going through the pipe. And I know 8K TVs are available. I don't know if there's, it sounds like there's not a lot of content out there yet being broadcast in it. Yeah, I think the TV makers are always looking for something new. Um, and 8K is the new thing and way to sell, get people to buy a new TV if they really don't need one. I will say the 4K TV looks pretty. It, the some of the shows that I've watched on Amazon that are done in 4K and some on Netflix look pretty impressive. It looks pretty nice. Um, you can tell the difference. But yeah, that step up that step up to 1080 was a lot was very nice over the old 480 format. That was a huge difference. Well, if I were in the Screen Actors Guild, and uh, I would demand that nobody broadcasting anything over 720. Boy, that was rough on the uh, presidential candidates. You see a lot of you see a lot of detail, don't you? Right? Yeah, you can see people's dental work and stuff like that, and those are, you know, just regular people. Yeah, and freckles and all that kind of good stuff, right? All that little imperfections everybody has, right? <laughs> Yep. Well, and since apparently you're not allowed to run for president unless you're going to be 80 within the next three years, that's uh, particularly rough on those guys. <laughs> oh, my goodness sakes. Holy cow. <laughs> All right. So what did we learn here today? I think um, I think there's some, some awesome new routers out there. Uh, I'd, I'd like to look at maybe uh, CNET com is one of my favorite places to look. Uh, there's a number of sites where you can see them. These new mesh routers, I'll also give a shout out to Consumer Reports. These new mesh routers seem to be a really good way to go. So if you've got a um, maybe a home that's not one story uh, or you know multi-story home, that's probably something people should investigate. Yeah, and I got to admit, we're not concentrating as much on the penny pitching aspect of this. Uh, probably because it's only a few hundred dollars every few years and that's probably how they get you but i was impressed with uh, the customer service at best buy because it took me at least two possibly three tries to get the modem that worked Mm -hmm. and you have to take it out plug it in and try and uh, they took them back with a smile and sold me another one Mm. yeah it's uh i bought a few things at best buy i do buy a lot of stuff from amazon but they'll price match and it's convenient if you're not sure you really need it so um it's not a it's not uh i've i've used them because of that because they're local and if you're not quite sure it's an opportunity to take it back a lot easier yeah i agree 
All right. Uh, well, let's wrap this up. I'm uh, watching the bar here as my stuff uploads to the cloud. Probably going much faster on your end because my up speed is kind of slow. Um, and we'll get uh, get this posted to the the internet clouds so our uh, our users can uh, enjoy it. Uh, but what we have our segment, Dave, of uh, smaller. Uh, tips to save money, save the planet. Uh, our Dave Save segment. And gotcha. it is your turn. It's my turn. Mr. Okay. Blasco. I'm going to go back to an oldie but goodie. I can't take uh, credit for that, but this is something p- folks should think about. Um, combining trips. So I live in suburbia. It's pretty easy for me. If I'm going to go to Home Depot, I try to stop off on the way home from work because I drive right by it. If I'm going to go to Costco, I try to you know, stop by on the way home from work. And I think that that can save you a lot of money rather than making a separate trip for something like that. So tip of the day is try to combine trips. I always try to do those trips on the either multiple locations on one Saturday trip or try to stop off on the way home from work. Yeah, I remember a few years back when the price of gasoline went up very rapidly. Uh, It went from two to three to almost four dollars in less than a year. People finally stopped driving as much and uh you know there's always this discussion about that gasoline taxes are regressive which Mm -hmm. is possibly true but if you raise the gas price quickly people do things like you're saying which is not drive out to get a hammer and then go back separately to get the nails right take a little time to get organized uh take Susie to uh, 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 cheerleading practice a half hour early uh, so you don't make two trips to take little Bobby to Little League practice. Yeah. And I think you it just have to make it worth people's while. Yeah. And I think it depends on your depends on your situation. I don't drive a lot uh, outside of work and I don't drive that far to go to work. Um, but if, if you were leasing a car... Um, that could save on the miles in your car and maybe prevent you from going over the, the, the mileage per year by doing little things like that. So you're not running out to do uh, little errands that could be could be done either on the way to work or on the way home from work or combined together. Yeah. All right. Can't take credit for that. That's an oldie but goodie, but I try to live by that just because I don't like to drive around that much. <laughs> it makes it more like a game. Yeah. All right, Dave, let's uh, wrap it up. And uh, I will talk to you soon about another exciting home economics project. All righty. Take care. Bye. Bye.